Right on. Thank you very much. Uh, again, that stuff is in the app. If you don't have the app, get it uh, if you want to be part of what's going on. Uh, the calendar almost always has what's coming up with addresses and things like that on there in that space. So use that. It's going to be helpful for kids. There's past sermons on there, all, all kinds of good links. So uh, check in on that. I always upload the newsletter there. So I know so many people are like, oh, I don't read email. Like, check the app. You'll be able to keep in touch. So uh, all those things, that's a lot of stuff. Uh, but a few, uh, a few week, weeks ago, a little while back, I was in Staples, and I don't remember what I was doing at Staples. I'm guessing getting paper or something at Staples, whatever people do at Staples. And I grab, up, grab my stuff, and I walk up to the checkout. It wasn't busy. And I put my stuff down right at the, at the counter, at the checkout counter. And the guy starts you know, scanning my stuff. Without missing a beat, just says, do you work for them? Do you work for them? Like, do you work for them? I'm like, and I'm thrown off a little bit. Like, there's a lot of stuff going through my mind. I'm like, mine. I'm like, am I wearing my UPS uniform? I don't remember having it on today. You know, my, my shirt's blank. I'm thinking maybe my hat. Like, what hat do I have on? I'm like, I probably have a Dodgers hat on. Like, do I work for the Dodgers? That seems like a little bit of a leap, but who knows? So I just say, no, just a fan. And he says, I'm so inspired by their work. And I'm like, what? And like, and it dawned on me. And I'm like, oh, I have a National Geographic hat on. I wear a lot of hats. You know me, I have like hundreds of hats. That day I had a National Geographic hat on. I don't work for National Geographic, love National Geographic. But I said, I don't work for them. And he said, man, I'm so inspired by their work. I said, no, I just got the hat. But I said, I am too. And we talk for a moment right, sort of at Sables, because it wasn't busy. We talked for a moment about this, this sort of amazing coverage of all these incredible places and faces and parts of the world you'd never see in the stories, right? And I just kind of just went through that. And I was, I was, I was kind of picking up, man, this guy's inspired by that. I was, I was like, well, what do you do? He said, well, I work here. So I, I see that, <laughs> right? But what, what do you want to do? And he starts talking about, well, you know, journalism and photography and all this stuff. And I love it. It's a great little conversation at this, at this place. And I love that it had this impact on this young, young man's life. You have to say he was young 20s. This impact on his life to inspire him. It, he was inspired by it. He was challenged by it. He, he's, he's bringing his life, sort of orienting it around National Geographic. And it brings out this conversation. And I didn't get to it with him. In this one, but if I would have said, now I work for a church, I work for a church, I wonder if it carries the same sort of inspiration. I wonder if it carries the same conversation. Do we get the same conversation out of it? Maybe we do. Maybe. Depends where he's at, maybe. But it certainly should. It should. And when we talk about the church, the movement of God, the movement of the divine on the planet Earth through us, there should be something there. There should be something there. Right? The church is, is God's expression, is his current incarnate expression of love to the world. That's, that's the church. That's what we are. That's what you are. You're part of God's expression of love to the world. Right? Jesus, the ultimate expression, right? he was the ultimate incarnation of God, the ultimate expression of love to the world. But we're his bride. The church is, is called his bride and through the text. We're on the same mission to help people get to know the Father. Right, that's the deal. As Jesus went, so do we. It's an inspiring story. Right, if I had my new hat on, he said, do you work for them? I might honestly be thinking, uh-oh, what did he hear? What does he think about it? Right? I would be on the defensive. That's just on me. Shouldn't feel that way. Nothing to be ashamed of. Right? But people have a certain mindset toward the church often. Sometimes we just project that. Maybe they don't have it. And I'd hope, like, yeah, yeah, I do. And I, I hope you say, oh, I heard that place is so cool. It's inspiring how you live and how you love one another. 
right? Through worship and through uh, serving and through backyard dinners. I would love that. And this is the story of the early church, way back, first century. Right? It's an inspiring story and it's a compelling story. There was something very different about the people living that story of the early church. The way they cared and shared and they took in orphans and widows and babies discarded on the streets they would bring into their homes. They brought healing to the outcast, inclusion to those who had been exiled from society. This is the story of the first century church. But they followed the way of some guy named Jesus. And this way of living was attractional and was inspirational and was very real. And we're going to read this this morning. And, and we've read this before. It's one of my favorite pictures. Uh, in many ways, a guiding factor for, for new, for this church. And it's found in Acts 2. Right? We've read it before. We will continue to read it. That's sort of a roadmap for so many of our decisions and practices and value systems. And in the context here, Jesus has just ascended. So this is early in, in Acts. The Gospels have passed. Jesus has, 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 has he's lived, he's died, he's been resurrected, he's risen again. He's ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit has just been poured out. There's this meeting with Peter and the apostles and his guys, and there's, they're praising God, and the Holy Spirit comes and reigns on them. There's this awesome expression of the Spirit. Right, right around 30 AD, we're in Jerusalem. We're under the control of the Roman Empire. The city is swollen from a religious festival. All these Jewish people are there had migrated for this religious festival. And the first church is taking flight. And here's what it looked like. Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. Some translations might read this and out of the language. From house to house. They broke bread from house to house. I love that. Ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the beginning of this global movement 2,000 years ago. Right? Still going strong. Still going really strong. We're part of it today. This is part of that movement. We're part of that. That's, like our, that's in our ancestry. We're part of that lineage of this church that popped up and began to, to perform miracles and love and kindness. You're okay. And I look at this, how did this happen? Right? How did that happen? How did it withstand the pressures of the day? Right? Being in, 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 in the middle of a, a, a very hostile Roman environment? How did they do it without, without funding and without you know, buildings and launch parties and, and, and social media and websites? How did they do that? How did this small group of committed people do that to where we're standing here today enjoying it? Well, first thing that happened, Jesus. Jesus happened, right? And this is really how, how any, two, anything, any good things happen, these two things. Jesus happened, right? Jesus happened. He changed their story. He changed the story. He had a vision for humanity when he came, had a vision for humanity. He led and loved as an example, an example of love and truth that, that, that left his early followers no choice but to continue on. Right? It was so impactful, the life of Jesus. And so for us, anything is Jesus. Anything is Jesus. And if you're new to, to faith or, or trying to figure it out, that's okay. But Jesus is the guy you want to get to know. 
And there's, there's some great reading about him in the New Testament. Getting to know Jesus. Jesus happened. Jesus happened to Peter. He happened to John. He happened to Andrew, right? He happened to these people on a personal level. Jesus happened. He changed their story, and then he changed the story. Second we see is this opens up devotion. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. Right? In the tense in the Greek, you would see more conti continually devoted themselves. It wasn't they devoted themselves for an hour on Sunday, but they continually devoted themselves to these practices. Right? They continued an act towards something. This drives the narrative. Teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, prayer. They continue to devote themselves to these things. To living a, a generous and compelling story. And I think most of us would like that. We'd like that for the church. So if we, like, if we want that for the church, we need to do it individually. Right? When it's all said and done or someone looks back on your life, you, you hope to have lived a compelling story. Right? I want to live a, a more compelling story. And to live a compelling story, you must be, begin to live a compelling life. But it must be something in your life that's like, wow, that's interesting. That draws me in. Right? If we want better, we must choose better. This is for our families. Right? If you want to get, get control of your family or, or lead a different family life, you have to make different choices. Right? We, we, we choose differently for our families, for our bodies. Right? If we want better, we choose better. Our minds, our spirituality doesn't just happen. They were devoted continuously. And when we talk about the early church, which is this cool picture in here, but the early church had plenty of problems, lots of problems. I mean, the most of the rest of the, the New Testament is like talking about their problems. So they had lots of problems. They didn't do everything right, but they focused on the right things. They didn't do everything right, but they focused on the right things. This is good for any of our personal values, mission statements. But I am not going to do everything right, but I need to focus on the right things. I'm not going to do everything right leading my family, but I want to focus on the right things. Right? Church says on this so much, and we are not perfect. Right? So many, so many problems. I'm, I'm probably the chief problem among us. But I try to focus on the right things. Try to strive to stay focused on the right things. Right? To be a community where if I look at this picture in Acts 2, and we've talked about this before, and it's borrowed from a guy named Andy Stanley, talks about this. People may be skeptical of what we believe, but envious of how we live. Right, that's sort of a, a, a win for us. If people on the outside say, I mean, I'm not sure about Christianity, but I love how you guys live. I love how you do life together. And Amy, I hear that pretty often. And that just, that fills my soul. I don't really get it, but I, mean, I love how you guys do life. Right, how, this is how we live. You are part of the church. You are the church. We are the church. Your life is part of the movement. Your life's part of the movement. Which can feel hard. It's hard. It's, I mean, even now, right? It's like there's so many things happening. It's fine. We love the kids. We can roll with it. But church at one point, if you think about it, and, and, and even in history, <laughs> had a little more pull as, as far as being the center of life. Right? Churches were built in the center of town. They didn't compete with anything. That had its own, you know, own place. And now the reality for most of us Right for most of us, is, you know, we participate in the movement of church, of, of the kingdom. I, kind of if there's nothing else going on. Like, oh, let me check my calendar. Oh, no sports, no girls' nights, uh, no new shows on Netflix. It's not a nice beach day. I guess I'll do something, right? I, I, I guess I'll jump in. Not a criticism or, or, or diagnosis against anybody, but we kind of live that way. Our lives kind of go with that in that sort of flow. So how do we overcome that? Right, so how do we overcome that? Well, one, to go back to the beginning, we stay close to Jesus. 
and we devote ourselves to living a certain way. We devote ourselves, we purpose ourselves. And I would say in this way, we, we devote ourselves, we purpose ourselves as a church, you're the church, I'm the church, to the daily opportunities of God. The daily opportunities of God. If there is a God, and he's good, and he has a plan for my life, and he is moving, then what opportunity do I have this day to engage that? Right? And we're going to miss some days. Guess what? You're going to miss some days. Man, every day would be the goal. Prepare myself for the da daily opportunity of God. Right? How, how, do I, how do I engage my kids in a way that reflects Jesus? My team at work, my co the, the, the barista at Starbucks, on the soccer field. How do I engage this environment in a way that exudes Jesus? That, 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 that shows people a glimpse like, man, I, that, that guy lives a compelling and inspirational life, just the way they make me feel. And the hard work of community in our community and, and where you're at and in churches around town, the hard work of the community is in the uncommon. It's in the uncommon practice. It's just a little bit different. Because right, most of us kind of have to do the same thing all the time. So where do we change that? Where do we flip that? When I'm engaging someone, even at the store, I'm thinking, is this an opportunity from God? What opportunity do I have this day? Right, what's my purpose this day? We've talked about this in, in, the tech, in the context of like, not just waking up and saying, what do I have to do, do today? What do I have to do? Let me check my calendar. Right? But what opportunities might I have this day? And ask that God might bring. It's bringing God into the everyday, into the everyday moment. And a week or so ago, I was at Jason's house and we were swimming in the pool, we're playing games and like doing really mature things like who can hold their breath the longest. But when we're done, you know, we have, have a couple of drinks when we're done, then we're talking about prayer life and engaging the spirit. And what, what, is, what does it mean to hear from God? Right? It's someone, it's when someone brings something up to you that's hard, that they're going through, it's challenging. And you say, let me pray for you right now. Let's just stop right now. Let me pray for you right now. It doesn't have to be like an hour-long prayer. It's like 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Let me pray for you right now. That's bringing in an opportunity that God has sent. I'm like, well, I'll pray for you. Let me pray for you, man. Oh, shoot, totally forgot to pray for you. Pray right now. Right? It, it, it's, it's the rescue mission. I know some of us have gone down there. It's setting aside two hours out of your year, which is kind of the pitch. Do it once this year. Go down and serve for two hours. Be an encouragement to the rescue mission by serving dinner. That, that's where it happens. Right? Showing up for kids in Sunday school is like, oh, I hate kids. Uh, that, that would be nobody here, right? Because the kids are listening. Right, so I can't do that. I don't want to do kids. No, it's, it's doing that. That's, that's part of it. It's meal trains. We get a lot of meal trains here because you guys make a lot of babies. Like, there's meal trains all the time. And then there's like the next meal train. It's like, did we just have a meal train? Like, yeah, we do. We have another one. Like, do the meal train. Right? It's prioritizing gathering. And this is men's, women's, it's Sundays, right? It's all the things. Park day. It's prioritizing being connected over being right. Because we've seen that a lot this past year and a half. There's, there's sort of division. People, ah, I don't want to be with them. I'm going to pull back. I don't like how they think. I don't, like, I don't know their values. They disagree with me. I feel uncomfortable. It's prioritizing being connected over being right. Because when we do that, when we stay connected, we can start solving problems instead of seeing each other as the problem. And we stay connected. When people pull away, it just sort of opens up a whole sort of spiraling effect away from community and ultimately away from faith. Right? Inviting the opportunity of God into your everyday, it's sending an encouraging text to somebody because you're praying for them 
Or maybe you're just walking, it comes out of nowhere, you're thinking about somebody, God whispers to you, send that person a little note. And you do it. You text out a little note because God prompted you. That little note is not a little note when it's in God's hands. It can change somebody's life. Right? That's what we're talking about here. It's engaging the opportunities of God in the daily, in the everyday. And as we choose, as I choose, as you choose, to engage, participate, and devote ourselves to what God is doing around us, we begin to make decisions to place ourselves in front of more opportunities. I'm like, man, that was really cool. Like, I, I, I brought up one more question to, to my server, and it opened up this whole other thing. Like, that was cool. I want to do more of that. Right? I, marched, I might start saying a few more no's to things. So I don't want to be burned out. Like, sorry, I, gotta take, I, gotta, I don't want to be burned out because I want to be available to the opportunity of God in my life, so I've got to start pulling back a little bit from some other things. I might start spending my money differently so I have more to give away. Right? I might start being polite to strangers. Some of us have a hard time with that, which is super weird. We have to be friendly to people. I might, start saying, I might start saying yes to some things that scare me, like a certain conversation with a certain person. So Jesus looked at the world when he came, Mark 10, 45. He looked at the world and he asked, how can I serve this world? How can I serve today? How can I serve the people around me today? Not what can this world do for me? Not what can I get out of this world? So we'll close out actually in a couple of minutes bring a worship team back up but it's this Jesus story we seek to understand together right through story through teaching through the example I see on so many of you when I look out when I engage people in our homes or or out on the street like and that person walks like Jesus that person looks like Jesus to me I need more of that that's what happens in community when we commit ourselves to that. We're inspired by one another to live better lives. I was coming out of an appointment the other day, and there was these two Marines coming at me on the sidewalk. Not like coming at me, but they were walking. And these two Marines, like, dressed to the nines. Amazing, right? I, I'm always inspired by these guys. And the, the white hats and all the stuff. I don't know what they were doing, but they were just walking on the sidewalk. Two Marines, super tall, clean cut, like straight out of the movies. And I'm walking by these guys, you know, and, and I just say, I appreciate you guys. And one of the Marines looked over to me. I felt like he was like seven feet tall. He said, appreciate you, bro. And I was like, oh, ho, ho. I mean, I was like, I started walking a little straighter. I got a haircut. Like, I want to be like those guys. Because right? it's just the way someone carries themselves in your presence can be inspiring. Can be inspiring. I saw Seth Hahn pick up one of Kaylee's tribe, one Yibi or something went down earlier. I'm like, ooh, that probably hurt. Like, kind of look away. Seth Hunt's carrying her somewhere. That's, that is the right thing to do. Good job, Seth, wherever you're at. That's what you do. Right? And that, 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 okay, that's the right move. Right? We learn from one another. We're here to help one another, to be the best version of ourselves, the world the way God sees it, to see ourselves the way God sees us. Right? To help you see, to help me see, to help us see, you have a connection with God you might not even be aware of. You have a connection with God you might not even be aware of. God might be doing stuff in your life that you don't even see. But maybe I can see. Maybe we can help each other see. I can help you see it, and you can help me see it. And so, God, we invite you now, Holy Spirit. Just come. We invite you into our stories, Lord. We invite your power to come and change our stories. Or maybe it would be a church, a people, families, households, tables, and, and, and coffees and pints and all this stuff, God. We invite you into that. We invite you into that, Lord. 
tell a compelling story through this community. Lord, I pray for those who are just down and out or, or, or uninspired or, or, or just feel like they're drifting out in space, Lord, right now as we sing, as we close, just whisper to them, Lord. Bring them back home. Let them know that you love them. In your name, amen.